Thank you so much for your participation. We thank God for his blessings and we thank everyone who has seen the importance and the need to come out today to be a part of this assembly of this worship service on the first day of the week. We're, we're, we're running on a skeleton crew today. I mean, I, I understand it's a holiday and everything, but I haven't read anywhere in the Bible where it gives an exemption from worshiping God. But nevertheless, you know what? Only a few will be saved. Amen. Only a few will be saved, and that's why you have to be diligent and have a made-up mind in this world that you have to keep God first. You have to keep God first in all that you do or else. You could get sidetracked. You could get uh, distracted, and the next thing you know, you know, it, Sunday, Sundays won't mean that much to you. You know, you're, you're, you can justify within your own reasoning and your own self why I don't feel it's important. I have to be at worship today or I'm tired. I'm tired from hanging out with kin folks all the weekend, you know. But nevertheless, you're here and that's the important part. And we're thankful to God for you to be here. And nevertheless, whether it was a whether jam packed or only just a handful, the word of truth will be preached and taught just the same. This morning, we would like to present a lesson entitled The Power in What He Said. The Power in What He Said. In Genesis chapter 1, we know this as the creation. We know this as when the heavens and the earth was formed. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the earth of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I'm going to skip around in chapter one. I'm not going to read all of that. But verse six says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water. And guess what? It happened. Amen. Amen. Verse number nine, the Bible saying, God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together unto one place. And guess what happened? It happened. Verse 11 said, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass 
the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. And guess what happened? It happened. In verse 14, the Bible said, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And guess what happened? Huh? It happened. So there's power in the spoken word of God. Amen. There is power in the spoken word of God. You come over to the New Testament. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, correction, instruction and righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Right. But the key thing there is, you know what? It is God breathed. It is inspired by God. So you need to take note that when you're handling the word of God, you're handling something powerful. Amen. You're handling something that can change things. Amen. You are handling some dynamite. Amen. As Paul put, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first, then to the Greek. But you look at the word gospel, it's dynamite. Explosive is something that can shake up, tear down. And see, some people's lives need to be shaken up. Amen. Some people's lives need to be torn down and rebuilt Amen. by the Lord. Right. So we're going to look at this morning the power and what he said. God didn't break out any heavy equipment. He didn't break out any uh, tools or screwdrivers or wrenches or anything. What we see in existence today when we look up into the sky, we see a beautiful heaven, a beautiful sky, blue, and sometimes beautiful clouds floating by and all of this. How did this happen? Some fools would say a Big Bang theory. And I said fools. Some fools would say a Big Bang theory. But a where my question to that would be, where did the bane come from? God spoke this into existence. Go back to Genesis 1. It said everything was void. It was nothing. Nothing. And God took nothing. And created something from nothing by simply speaking. By simply speaking. Well, he did that in creating the heaven and the earth. In Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible teaches us, it says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, Spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Had in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. The Bible said in the past, God spoke. And when he wanted to get a message to the people, 
he used prophets. Whatever he wanted his people to know, he used prophets to let the people know. But we no longer have a need for prophets today because it says in the word of God, had in these last days spoken unto us by his son, his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things. But here is my point this morning. How does Jesus speak to us today to get the message to us? He speaks to us today through his word. But it's up to us to pick up the word and read it. Everybody has an opportunity to talk to Jesus. All you need to do is pick up the word and read it. And he will have a conversation with you. Had in these last days spoken unto us. By his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom all so he made the worlds. So uh, my question this morning to you is, what has God spoken and said to you? What has God spoken and said to you? You know, often and many times people say God spoke to me. And we know the word of God teaches God haven't spoken to anybody in secret. God don't come down and talk to people and voices and all of that. Sometimes people eat the wrong thing. They have gas. And sometimes, you know what? Your mind will lead you to believe whatever you want to believe. Your mind can lead you to to believe you saw a ghost. I, I firmly believe that. Your mind, boy, this thing is a powerful weapon up here. I used to argue and, 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 and debate with people. They'll say, I saw my grandmama in the doorway one night. And, uh, and you know, I used to argue and debate with, I don't argue and debate with folks about that no more. I just simply tell them what the word of God says. You know what? When a person dies, the spirit returns unto God. And you know what? That's final. Unto the judgment. They have no more communication. They have no more dealings with the life on this side anymore. Well, if their spirit has returned unto God, how were they standing in the doorway? Now, either God lied in his word. Or you are incorrect in what you believe. I'm not saying I'm not going to argue with nobody in saying what you saw or what you think you saw. Because your mind is a powerful weapon. And it will lead you to believe whatever you think you thought you saw. But I know for a fact. Ain't nobody came back from the dead today. As much as you probably would want someone to come back. It ain't happening. Not on this side. Once they once their spirit returned back unto God. But back to my lesson. What has God spoken and said to you? Believe it or not, God has spoken and said a lot of things to us. But the question is, are you listening? Are you listening to what he said? 
What has God said unto you? I would like to touch on a couple of things today about what God has said unto all of us. So that we won't be mistaken and thinking, well, God is being a respectable person telling me one thing and not sharing it with you. God has spoken unto all of us that we need to listen to his son, Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus declared, all power is given unto me in the heaven and in earth. Right? Jesus declared it. We just read right here in Hebrews 1. What? Had in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of what? All things. So God appointed him and Jesus declared it. I have all power in heaven and in earth. He has spoken unto all of us that we may all know this. Ain't no need in listening to Buddha. Ain't no need in listening to Elijah Muhammad. Ain't no need in listening to anybody else. When Jesus took his disciples with him and he was transfigured on the mountain. They beheld Jesus in that transfiguration. Mm -hmm. Moses appeared. Right? Who else showed up? Elijah Elijah appeared. Right? Mm -hmm. And what happened? Peter got excited. And Peter said what? Lord, it's good for us to be here. To try to show respect for the great Moses and the great Elijah, he said, let us make three tabernacles. But oh no, oh no, they were interrupted by a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So there's no mistaking who the voice was because he said, this is my beloved son. And who was Jesus the son of? God. There was no need for three tabernacles. Because God said, this is the one I want you to listen to. He is the only one I want you to listen to. So don't be mistaken in who I should listen to, who I should follow. It has been made clear. We need to listen to Jesus. All of us need to listen to Jesus. But what are some of the things we're told by Jesus that we need to listen concerning about? We need to listen to Jesus concerning our soul salvation. Amen. Amen. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that what? Put Mark 16, 16 up there for me. He that believeth and is what? Shall be what? He that believeth not shall be what? That's what Jesus said. It it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure it out. But what it does require is an honest, humble person. It requires an honest, humble person who respects the authority that has been given unto Jesus. See, you can't say you respect Jesus, but yet when he commands something, You don't adhere to it. People say, I love the Lord. Well, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what? Keep my commandments. 
Did he not just command something right here? You say, why do you harp on baptism all the time? How else can you be saved? Man, right. Huh? Man, right. Help me out. So if we decide to stop talking about baptism, what are we going to talk about? In, in regards to people being saved, in regards to people coming out of their sin, being forgiven of their sin, what are we going to talk about? Our feelings? Huh? And our feelings are going to do what? Our feelings can deceive us. So we, we talk about baptism all the time because there are false teachers, there are false prophets out there who will tell you that baptism is not essential to salvation. They will tell you, you should have a choice whether or not you need to be baptized or not. That is not a teaching of the Bible. Jesus said, remember, the one who has all power in heaven and earth, right? Jesus said, he that believeth. And, and, conjunction, junction, what's your function? <laughs> and, he connected something else to that ongoing belief. Amen. See, that's not just saying you believe and stop. That's a continuation. But what did he connect to it? And is what? Baptized. Baptized. What comes as a result of belief and baptism? Salvation follows. Now, people would lead you to believe, I got saved first. Then I chose to be baptized. Folks, come on. Come on. Can I, can I just be honest and real with you? What sense does that make? If I'm already saved, why bother to do anything else? Why bother to do anything else? For what? What added, what added assurance is it going to provide? So really what you're saying, if you're saved before baptism, you believe faith only saves. Well, if faith only saves, the devil must be a Christian. Because the Bible said, for he believes. And he what? And he trembles. He even understands and respects the authority and the power of the word. Well, if by faith only you believe you can be saved, wouldn't that make the devil saved? If he believes? What separates that understanding from what you believe if faith only saves? People would say, well, the devil, no, he's uh, condemned to hell already. Well, so are you if you don't obey the Lord. How can you separate it 
under the same teaching. It requires more than just faith. Because faith without works is what? Dead. And I'm not saying you can work your way into heaven. I'm simply saying the works we're talking about here is through your obedience. And being baptized. People will say, but the Bible said, for by grace you are saved. You doggone right we're saved by grace. How do you think we've, how do you think the time came about to give us the time to hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized? It was God's grace. But that does not erase what has been commanded. Let's talk about the thief on the cross. Let's talk about the thief on the cross. People love to run to the thief on the cross. Well, he wasn't baptized. You have no scriptural documentation to establish whether he was or wasn't. Now, I'm going to tell you what we do know. He knew who Jesus was. He had to have heard something about him. Because why else would a man cry out to another man and say, Lord, what? Remember me and thy kingdom. Well, how would he know he had a kingdom? He had to have heard. He had to have heard something about him. That's right. But people want to say, well, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. You don't know what his background was. But we do know Jesus hung there and Jesus was able to forgive and do whatever he so chose to do. He was only the son of God. And my question is, if you have a choice between believing in Jesus that God affirmed and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, and a thief, why would you try to measure and compare and be justified by a thief rather than the son of God? Why would you run to a thief instead of running to Jesus? You see how crazy that is? You're seeking to be justified by what you Think a thief did or didn't do. The thief called out and cried unto Jesus. Why are you seeking justification by a thief? All I know, the thief on the cross exemplified better sense than many people do today. He didn't turn to the other thief and say, remember me. Did he? He turned to Jesus. Why? Because he understood who he was. And that's what God would have us to do today. Turn to the one who have eternal life. But we're seeking justification by a thief. Then we love the hypothetical. We love the hypothetical questions. 
What if I'm what if I'm traveling in the desert? What if I'm out somewhere and I just decide I want to be saved? And you're saying I need to be baptized in order to be saved. I'm out in the desert. Did we not just read in Genesis 1? God know where he put water. God know everywhere where he put water. That's why we have ponds, creeks, oceans, and seas. The Bible teaches a story about a man who had just left from worship. He was traveling along through the desert. Yeah. Yeah. An Ethiopian eunuch. Yes, sir. And the Bible, the Bible tells us that he was reading. Yeah. He was reading the scriptures. Yeah. And as he traveled along, God, this Holy Spirit, sent Philip to adjoin himself unto him. And the Bible said when Philip approached him, Philip asked him a question. Now, they're out in the desert now. Remember, remember the, the, the question, what if I'm out in the desert? <laughs> Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I accept a man teach me? Philip joined himself unto him and began, the Bible said, he began to teach him right there where he was reading, he began to teach him Jesus. Jesus. But well, somewhere within that Bible study, somewhere within that Bible study, baptism came up. How do I know it? Because the Bible said that they came upon some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? I told you it came up. What did Philip say? Thou mayest, if thou believest. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Bible said the, the chariot was commanded to what? Stop. Where if faith only saves, he would have made that confession and just kept rolling. Why did he command the chariot to stop? Because he saw the necessity of baptism. He said, if I want to be forgiven, if I want salvation, I got to do it the way God would have me to do it. So he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water and the unit was baptized. The Bible said when he came up out of the water. So it wasn't no sprinkling. It wasn't none of this. No. It was a burial. He went down under and he came up. And after he came up, the Bible said that, guess what? He went on his way rejoicing. Why? Because he's a new creature in Christ. 
Why didn't he just make that confession and keep rolling? Because even he understood in that Bible study they had, in that short period of time, faith alone does not save. Well, if it didn't save back then, when did the word of God change and say that it changed, it saves now? When? It takes more than faith. It requires obedience. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Put Acts chapter 2 and beginning at verse 37 up here. If a person won't believe Acts chapter 2, let me tell you. You have to question their sincerity and honesty about being saved. If a person will not obey and accept Acts 2, it doesn't get any simpler than Acts 2. Give you a quick background of Acts 2. Peter is preaching unto them. Remember a story when, when Jesus told Peter, I give unto thee the keys to the kingdom. Well, these are the keys. Peter is preaching that first gospel sermon. And he's preaching it to a bunch of Jews. The same family folks who crucified had Jesus handed over to be crucified and put to death. So Peter is preaching unto them saying, look, you crucified the son of God. A man approved of God. A man, an innocent man. Peter went through the whole ramming to let them know you got blood on your hand. You got blood on your hand and you're going to answer to God for it. So coming up to that point, the Bible said, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, when they heard the accusation that you got blood on your hand and the blood you have on your hand, is the son of God. You crucified an innocent man. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now they're crying out and want to know, how do I get this case dismissed off of me? How do I get this rap off of me? Who do I need to snitch out, roll over on? What do I need to do? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them to do what? First thing he said, you know what? What you used to believe and what you used to follow, your way of thinking, you need to change it. You need to change the way you think. I know, I know what you used to believe. I know what you used to follow. I, rem- I know you used to be God's chosen people and everything, but guess what? It ain't just you anymore. It ain't just you anymore. You need to have a change of heart. And believing and thinking you're the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. Repent. Same message that is sent out to us today. 
You think you can get what you want and accomplish everything you're trying to do on your own. But Jesus said, without me, you could do nothing. And the sad thing, there are people who try to set out in life to prove Jesus to be a lie. You still may accomplish something. You may gain some earthly, some worldly riches. You may buy a new car. You may buy a nice home and everything. But what is it going to matter when you close your eyes? Mm. Or better yet, even before death. What are you going to do when, you, when your health go down? Huh? I ain't never heard nobody cry and call on their Rolex when they got sick. I ain't never heard nobody cry to their red bottom shoes when their health went down. I ain't never heard nobody call on their car when the doctors told them there ain't nothing else we can do. You're going to need Jesus. And Jesus said, without me, you can do Nothing. That's what he said in John 15. Read it for yourself. So here Peter said the first thing, repent. And do what? And be what? Baptized. Baptized. Well, why didn't he just say repent and go on and rejoice? Repent and just believe God has forgiven you. Repent and just go on your way. You believe faith alone can save you. But no, that isn't the New Testament teaching of salvation. He said, repent and what? Be baptized. baptized How many? Your mama can't do it for you. Your daddy can't do it for you. Your sister, your brother can't do it for you. You know what? You have to do it for yourself. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. In other words, by the one who has the power and the authority. Because all power is given unto who? Where? In heaven and in earth. In the name of Jesus Christ for what? Oh, that's important right there. Where does the remission of sin comes into play at? It follows what? Repentance and baptism. Am I right? Well, how can one claim I'm saved by simply confessing. Huh? How can one claim to be saved by simply saying, I believe Jesus Christ, Son of God, and I'm saved? Now, you you can can believe it if you want to. It won't get you to heaven. But if you want to go to heaven, you got to do it the way the terms of heaven outlines. For the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When does the gift come into play? Following the remission of sin. Because the Holy Spirit ain't going to have nothing to do with you as long as you feel in your sin. 
Isn't that simple? And that's just one verse. That's just one verse out of Acts chapter 2. If a person can't believe and accept Acts chapter 2, you know what? The truth needs to be told. They don't want to be saved. Folks say, well, it's just so many different teachings. I understand there are hundreds of different teachings out there. But which teaching is inspired by God? See, that's the question you need to answer. If I'm coming to you and say, faith only, you are saved, and I can't show you in the Bible how about faith only, it can't be inspired by God. That's right. If I tell you Buddha saves and I show you this little statue and I hit this little bell and all this stuff and or whatever, but I can't show you in God's word what Buddha got anything to do with your salvation, which one is inspired by God? But if I come to you and say you need to repent and be baptized for the remission of your sin. Just as they did in the first century church. I could say that's inspired by God. Because you can read it. You can read it. And not only can you read it. It was authorized by who? By Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's just like if Henry County police came and banged on your door at 3.34 in the morning. And they say, open the door. In the name of the law, in the name of Henry County, you know what? You ain't going to ask Henry County who. That's right. Stand on the other side of that praise if you want to. A big battery ram going to come through. See, the, the, the problem with people, people don't want to respect the authority of Jesus. Amen. Really, that's what it goes back to. If I respect the authority of Jesus, I'm going to respect what these words say. I'm going to respect what these words say right here. Put uh, put 39 through 41 up there. 39 through 42. We'll go step by step. Verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Keep going. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, this is Peter talking, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Keep going. Then they... Listen, folks, then they that gladly receive his word were what? Why didn't why didn't they just hear the word and then say, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Come into my heart. Isn't that what you hear on the radio? The preacher said after hearing this. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. I've always wondered, how do you ask Jesus to come into your heart? I read in the Bible, you put Christ on. You don't ask him to come into your heart. You put Christ on through baptism. Galatians 3, 27. 
Yeah. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on, on Christ. Yeah. Ain't saying nothing about asking Jesus come into your heart. Amen. But listen, see, it requires the right attitude also, says Rosemary. It says right here in verse 41, then they that gladly receive his word, they recognize, hey, I've been wrong. But thank God I know the truth. And usually in most cases, when you hear the truth, you're happy about hearing the correction. That's right. They that gladly received his word obeyed it. They were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000. Boy, they were doing some baptizing, buddy. Go to 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Keep going. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They took care of each other. But listen to verse 46. And they, they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. You talking about fellowshipping. You talking about being in one accord. Praising God and having favor with all the people. See, prior to all of this in verse 37, they were still enemies of the cross. But when they heard the truth, they cried out. Their hearts were pricked. They said, what shall we do? Now they have obeyed. And now guess what? They're in fellowship. They're in one accord. And now it said praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church how often? Daily. Daily, such as should be saved. That's why there's no certain day to be baptized. You get baptized on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. The day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Because you don't know where death is. You don't know how much time you have left. So I asked the question, what have you heard that you need to do? Because Jesus is speaking to everybody. He has spoken. The question, are you listening? The Bible says, And the Lord added to the church daily. See, ain't no voting in the church of Christ. Ain't nobody that holy. Ain't nobody got the act so together that they can determine the heart of man. You can't look at me and know my heart. I can't look at you and know the true heart of you. Only God can do that. 
That's why the Lord is the one who asks because he's no, he's the only one who knows if you legit or not. Amen. Amen. He's the only one who knows you're legit. And even if you've been faking it all your life, it's going to come out one day in the judgment. It's going to come out. And, and you know what? You're going to say, that joker was a fake all the time. No, you ain't going to have time to be talking about nobody. You're going to be too concerned. Am I going to hear well done or depart from me? I'm just simply saying, you ain't faking nobody but yourself. But I thank God he's the only one who can do that. Because, see, if it was up to us, we would, we would deny folks membership because something they did 30 years ago. Yeah. 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 I don't like the way they looked at me. Yeah. Ain't no voting in the church of Christ. Right. The church belongs to Christ. Right. He's the head. Yeah. He's the savior of the body. Yeah. It's his church. Right. All of us are just servants. From the preacher on down. Right. We're just servants. There ain't nobody running nothing. Right. We're just put here to make sure to oversee and make sure things are running the way he outlined them to be done. But you can only be saved by being a member of it. Because he didn't put salvation anywhere else. Nowhere else. Well, my last hypothetical. So you mean to tell me all the other religions that, that worship God and they, they, they come together on Sunday, God going to send them to hell. I don't, I don't find that so hard to believe. How many people did God destroy in the days of Noah? Everybody. Everybody who wasn't inside the ark. Am I right? Yeah. How many people did God destroy in the wilderness over that 40 years? Huh? He destroyed thousands of people. people did God destroy when he told David don't count the people don't number the people hmm. and David numbered the people anyway oh. he destroyed thousands of people yes, he did, how many people did God allow to die when they wouldn't look up at the brazen serpent hmm. and, 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 and the rodent came out and, and stung them all they had to do, Moses said, when you get bitten, look up at the brazen serpent. You'll live. Guess what? They wouldn't look up. How many thousands died? Thousands. Thousands. Folks, and I'm not saying this in a sarcastic way. Killing ain't no big deal with God. Killing ain't no big deal with God. How many people did God destroy when he had Moses, led Moses in the battles? And he led Joshua in the battles. He led other great men in the battles. 
God didn't take no hostages. When God led these folks in the battle, he killed these folks. And what does Jesus say today? I tell you nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That sounds like a death threat to me. Luke 13 and 3. And that's not him being mean-spirited. Just simply a warning saying what you need to go on and do while you have time. Because if you get caught with your guard down where I am, you cannot come. What has the Lord spoken and said to you today? He's talking to you. He's talking to you. You may not open this book up and study it the way you should, but he's still talking to you. Because ignorance will not be an excuse on the day of judgment. You're not going to be able to blame the Lord and say, I didn't know. You didn't know because you didn't pick it up to study. Amen. Mm-hmm. We talked about the first, we talked about that in the first service. Study to show thyself. Prove. Ignorance ain't going to get you in. You want to play ignorant and play dumb down here, what you going to do in heaven? No, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. My question is, are you prepared? You can get prepared today if you haven't obeyed the gospel. If you haven't done what the Bible teaches. There are many other scriptures we could talk about. 1 Peter 3.21. Let me put that up there right quick. Put 1 Peter 3.21 up there and I'm going to close out. And see, it's another simple, simple, simple teaching. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. I don't have to get it for a raise back there. The light figure whereunto even what? Baptism doth also now save us. What does baptism do? Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. It it ain't a bath. It ain't about cleaning you up on the outside. It's about getting you right from the inside out. So that you know what? You can have a good conscience. You can talk to God. You can deal with God in a relationship and have a good conscience toward God. I obeyed you. I've done what you told me to do. Look at what it says. But the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says the light figure whereunto even baptism. Not faith only. How can you deny it? And even better, 
How can you walk out of here today and not be baptized for the remission of your sin and go out and tell an untruth that you are saved? It's impossible. Not according to what the Bible says. You would be lying. Yeah. Well, everybody have their own interpretation. No, everybody don't. We have instructions what the scriptures say. Now, everybody twists it to mean what they want it to say so that they can make merchandise of you. So that they could get your money and all this other stuff. No, no, no. We just simply do it the way the books say do it. You're here today. And maybe you find yourself in that same situation those Jews found themselves in in Acts chapter 2. They heard the gospel. They heard the message. And because of what they heard, their hearts were pricked. Just as your heart may be pricked right now. I'm saying unto you, don't let the devil talk you out of what you know you need to do. Don't let the devil talk you out of what you know. You just read for yourself. The devil can tell you, I need to study this. You need to study a little bit more. The word of God ain't going to change. These words are going to say the same thing tonight, tomorrow, next week. They're going to say the same thing in judgment. Because these same words are going to be there at the judgment. Ain't no need in waiting. What you need to do is get right. So that you can make your calling and election sure. You've heard. Do you believe it? You're willing to repent? You're willing to confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God? Are you ready and willing to be baptized today for the remission of your sin? We'll do it today. Amen. I don't care how busy other folks are. I tell folks, I don't care what time of the day, night, or whatever it is. If you're calling me about a baptism, I'm rolling. Right. I'm rolling. But don't call me and expect me to jump when you just want to talk some foolishness. But when it, when it concerns somebody's soul, I'm rolling. And right now you have the opportunity to have a change of life experience. The question is, are you listening? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He hung there for you, just like he hung there for me. All the crazy stuff I used to do growing up and everything. You know what? He hung there for me. All the crazy stuff you used to do and maybe you still doing. He hung there for you. The question is, you have the opportunity now to get things right and to and to be reconciled back unto God. Yeah. So that you're no longer an enemy of the cross, but you're an ally. What are you going to do? For us who are members of the body. What are you going to do? Because Jesus is talking to you too. Yeah. He's talking to you. Yeah. 
What's our song, Jesus? 633. 633 is our invitation song. If you desire to be baptized today, when we stand and start singing, you could just walk forward and have a seat on this front row. This is your day. The angels in heaven are waiting to rejoice because of your decision. If there's no rejoicing in heaven today, guess what? You could take the credit to say, I held up the celebration because I want to do it the way I want to do it. Let us together stand and sing. Heaven's soul, why will you live?